Well, good afternoon again, church family. This is Pastor Scott coming to you with Pastor Kevin for our weekly post-sermon wrap-up podcast. And it is a joy to join you because we get to introduce a brand new sermon series uh, that we just began on Sunday called More Than a Children's Story. Hmm. And since this is the first one in the series, Kevin, I thought it would be helpful for you to share a little bit with our church family why in the world did you choose this, right? So there's a lot of places we <laughs> could go. What was I thinking? <laughs> we, there's a lot of places you could have gone in uh, the scriptures and chose children's stories. Yes. Uh, so maybe just help our people understand what's, what was the heart behind that and what are you hoping our people get out of the next uh, couple of months here? Well, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and destruction, and righteousness. And so... Um, in fact, our benediction verse uh, for this series comes from Romans chapter 15, verse 4 through 6. And verse mm-hmm. 4 talks about how all that was written in the past, referring to the Old Testament, is for our endurance and our encouragement through the scriptures. And mm-hmm. so uh, there is so much that God's people can learn and benefit from in the Old Testament. And so one of the reasons is just real practically, I like to balance our pulpit from a New Testament series then to an Old Testament series just Mm -hmm. to keep a balance of the scripture. And so we just finished Matthew and I wanted to do something in the Old Testament. And we all are so familiar with these children's stories, but sometimes our familiarity or however you say that word, our... uh, Whatever that word means. Familiarity, yes. <laughs> Thank you. So sometimes we're so familiar with these stories that we actually misunderstand the main point mm-hmm. of why God revealed them to us. And so I just thought it might be a great um, opportunity. I'd seen Pastor Rick Holland do this many, many years ago back at Grace Church in California, and I mm-hmm. remember being really blessed by that. And so I thought, well, let's let's give it a shot. And so... We're it. praying that yeah. God's going to use it. So. It's uh, we got a great lineup. I'm excited to do uh, to to jump into it with you in yeah, the coming weeks. And yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, it's so easy to turn a lot of these stories. It's a real temptation, especially when you're talking with kids, to turn these into moralistic lessons, yeah. right? Of uh, be more like a Daniel, be be like a David. Like yes. it's uh, and there are certainly admirable traits in these people, but it's important to remember in all of these that they're not the ultimate hero. God is the hero yeah, in the stories right. and he's, he's right. revealing these for a much bigger purpose. So yeah, very yeah, Jesus is the hero. And, uh, you know, these are the scriptures from which Jesus preached himself mm-hmm. even on the Emmaus road, you know, um, after his resurrection. And so, so it's a joy to preach Christ from these scriptures and, and hopefully help us, uh, to continue to worship Jesus even in a better way. So good. So this last Sunday, this was our uh, beginning of the series, and we began at the beginning, right? So Genesis <laughs> chapter novel. one. I know uh, Genesis chapter one, talking about uh, the goodness of God in creation, and so yeah. the title kind of reveals maybe a little bit of what you're going for from this. But as you think about Genesis chapter one. There's a lot of ways that you could really get lost in the weeds of different things of creation and, you know, science, evolution, all these things. But really, you were wanting to keep this on a big, high-level perspective of the theological significance of the creation story. So maybe just share 
a little bit of your heart for why you took that approach and ultimately what are you hoping our people really as they look at the God of creation, what do you want them to walk away with a better understanding of? Yeah, good questions. First is uh, you cannot read chapter one of Genesis without reading the word good. Mm-hmm. And you see this, uh, this you know, repetition. We, we humorously use the word, you know, Christian rap on Sunday. We talked about this pattern that's very evident in the text of, you know, God speaks, it happens, it's good, day ends. And so you see two repeated themes, very, very clear. First is creation happens by the power of God's voice. God's word is the source of life. Mm. That's always the case. God always creates through a command, through his word, not just physical creation like we see in Genesis 1, but actually spiritual creation. We Mm. see that all the way throughout the New Testament. God creates life, Mm -hmm. spiritual life, through his word. We're born again, not by perishable seed, but by the imperishable living word of God. And so... Uh, this is this is a thrilling thing to consider. <laughs> it's a, so it's absolutely thrilling. But then you see the goodness of creation, and the only right conclusion is that creation is so good because God is so good. Mm-hmm. And so you walk away from this account, I pray, blown away by the power of God. Mm-hmm. But you see in his power such care and such provision and such order and such blessing for his creation. You mm-hmm. walk away and say, oh, our creator mm-hmm. is powerful, but he is good. Mm-hmm. He is good. Yeah, you see this this intimacy, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's not this, as some people would say, this clockmaker mentality, right? He sets it up, he winds it into motion, and he sets back steps back from it right like he he is so intimately involved with it and interwoven with his creation that he delights to uh be glorified through it so amen and Mm -hmm. and that's even more clear in chapter two Mm -hmm. that we didn't talk about right but think about what he created last on day six was his own image bearers he created adam and Mm -hmm. eve why so that he could dwell with them you talk about intimacy. You talk mm-hmm. about goodness. Like mm-hmm. he didn't, is, this is not some stoic, um, you know, just a, a, a de- deistic power that somehow winds the clock, as you said. This is an intimate, personal God who wants to dwell together with his creation mm-hmm. in joy and in blessing and in delight mm-hmm. of communion. So, yeah, our God is good. Yeah. I pray that that came through on Sunday And just as we continue to meditate on creation, we see the stars and we see the Grand Canyons and we see the the beauty of God's creation, it should always cause us to reflect on then the beauty of the creator. So good. You just mentioned there a little bit about the pinnacle, that intimacy with his creation, with creating man and uh, man and woman there on that sixth day. And... We didn't really get into it in full detail on Sunday, but I mean, we, we learned there that man and woman were created in the image of God, which yeah. is such a, the rest of creation was not given that distinction. Yeah. So what in the world is the image of God? I know theologians have all kinds of different ideas of what that actually means, but what what is your understanding of the image of God and why is that important for us to, to grasp? Yeah. 
to make it as simple as possible, to be made in the image of God is to represent God. So we are his representatives on earth. If you wanted to get a little theological in your definition, the image of God just means that we are created personal beings. We, we have personhood. And we're created spiritual with a soul. Animals don't have a soul. Animals, animals are not created in the image of God. Animals will not live forever. Mm -hmm. Human beings do. They mm -hmm. are created spiritual. They're in the image of God. They are everlasting. Now, God is eternal because he always has been. Mm -hmm. Humans have not always been. But they always will be in that eternal soul, either in heaven or in mm -hmm. hell. Humans are created with a moral responsibility. We have a moral obligation to the creator as the created to reflect his image, to worship him. This becomes clear in Genesis chapter 2 when God actually speaks to Adam and gives him his purpose, his identity, and his needs. Mm -hmm. And he says, one of the things that I, that I want you to do is to rule over the creation, to watch over it, to guard it, tend the creation. But then he says, and, and you must not eat of this one tree. Mm -hmm. In other words, he gives him this responsibility, this moral responsibility to say, you love me by sacrificing your self-will that wants to eat it now of this one tree. Now that I've told you there's one tree you can't eat, guess what? That's the tree you're going to want to eat from. Mm -hmm. So by not eating of that and sacrificing your self, you're going to express your love to me. You have a moral responsibility for worship and for mm -hmm. love. So man, theologically speaking, human beings, both male and female, are personal, spiritual, everlasting beings that have moral responsibility who well resemble God. We are not God. We're not little gods, lowercase g. We are human beings, but we are made. Every human being is made to represent God. And that gives inherent worth. Mm -hmm. That means no matter what handicapped you have been entrusted with, you, with that handicap, with those skills, with those abilities, you are, are made, created to represent God. No matter what race, what color of skin, you are an image bearer. Once you understand that all human beings, according to Acts 17, 26, all human beings, all races of people are image bearers. We all come from Adam and Eve. Now, every human being has sanctity of life. Every human being has an inherent worth because they represent God. Mm -hmm. And that should then change even how we think about our relationships with one another. Mm -hmm. No matter if they're a friend or a foe, they are an image bearer of God. They are, they are, to, they are created to represent God. Now, they may not be representing him well in this moment, mm -hmm. but there's an inherent worth and an intrinsic value to their personhood mm -hmm. that's entirely different than animals. Because yeah. animals were not created in the image of God the way that God created um, men and women. So good. That's, there's, <laughs> preach it, right? Yeah, yeah, there's, so much, there's so much just in those few <laughs> verses that, you could, yeah, <laughs> that we could, could just keep exploring, but I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we next week we have the annual biblical counseling training conference that uh, our church we always get so excited about and absolutely. really love for people to be part of we have over 20 people from our church that are going to be taking part in that here on this uh this campus 
you know, as you think about biblical counseling, it really just hinges so much on the sufficiency of Scripture. Um, how how do we see something like that come through in a in a passage like Genesis one and looking at our good God and creation? How do we kind of take it from that to now bringing the truth to bear on the hearts of people? Yeah, that's such a good question. So um, I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, um, because Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, actually uses Genesis chapter 1 mm. to talk to the church about their salvation. So listen carefully. He says, this is 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Okay, mm -hmm. that's Genesis 1, where it says, and God said, let there be light. And mm -hmm. there was light, right? He says, for the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Translation, the same God who speaks physical light into existence is the same God who speaks spiritual life into mm -hmm. existence. Mm -hmm. It's the same God who says, let there be light in creation, mm -hmm. who's the same God who pierces the dungeon of sin in our human heart and says, let there be light. Mm -hmm. And the soul's eyes come awake to the beauty of Jesus. This is, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 6 when he was teaching about this glory of God's power in bringing souls to faith. And he says in John chapter 6, verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life. Mm. The flesh is not of any help. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Just in Genesis 1, you see the Spirit of God working with the words of God to bring forth physical life. So likewise, in our spiritual life, the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to cause us to be born again and have spiritual life. Translation, what does this all mean, Kevin? I'm using a lot of words. <laughs> Next week, Biblical Counseling Training Conference here which is all focused on saying, how do we best understand God's word mm -hmm. and apply it into the shoe leather of our sin and suffering? We all have sin. We all have suffering. How do we take the life-giving word, the, the commandments of God bring life, spiritual life. Mm -hmm. They're like our spiritual food. If we don't eat, we're going to be malnourished spiritually. God's word, his commandments give life. They give light. They give direction and hope to us. So a biblical counseling conference is just so exciting because it's causing us to grow in our dependence and our faith in the sufficiency of God's Word to truly bring life to our souls. Mm. As one of my professors in seminary would say, that will preach. So <laughs> that's exciting. I, I, cannot, I cannot wait to, to see what God does through that, through our people. Genesis 1, such a great start to this new series. Uh, we're going to see it get interesting here this week as we get into Noah and the Flood. Can you so, give us a little tease of what's coming Sunday? Come on a, now. A storm is coming. <laughs> a, storm, uh, a big storm is coming. We'll just say that. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's exciting. No, I think we're going we're gonna to see that uh, there's so much more to the Flood narrative than we maybe often think, but it is such a beautiful picture 
of God's grace as well as God's judgment uh, mm. for mankind and how he still works even today. So really looking forward to uh, bringing that to bear on the hearts of our people this week. So you'll have to to, to come on Sunday for that. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in again this week to, to just hear a little bit more as we wrap up uh, our first of the series here for more than a children's story and lord willing we will look forward to seeing you again or uh, being with you again next week thanks church